Sometimes uh, very interesting things happen during worship, eh? And, uh, you know, one of my favorite passages of Scripture run through my head over and over, and I brought it here before. I brought it to several different locations before and just shared this passage of Scripture. And, and as I was worshiping, and the Lord was taking me to places into the throne room, I kept hearing this passage over and over and over and over and over again. And as we sang that last song, I could hear the pieces of this passage. And the Lord and I had a conversation in the middle of all that. I said, that's really cool, but I got something else planned for today. And he said, that's really cool, but so do I. (laughs) And then I said, Tobin always prays for the person speaking up here. And he always prays for, God, what you've laid on their heart this week, may they be able to, to, to bring it forth. He did not say that this week. You said what the Lord has laid upon your heart, you need to bring. And I was waiting, and I said, Tobin, keep praying because i got something else to preach here. And so he prayed another line, and I'm saying, okay, God, he needs to say this week, because if he says this week, I'm off the hook. I'm going with my notes. <laughs> Second time, he did not say this week. And then he stepped into a third line of prayer for my physical strength and whatever else, and I said, okay, this is going to be the moment when he says what you put on his heart this week, and he failed to do so. So I am going to go, not with the notes, I am going to go with one of my favorite passages, and some of you have heard it before, but Ezekiel 37. Ezekiel 37 is a passage that has gripped my heart from the get-go, from the place of even almost to the moment I went to Bible college and heard it read for the very first time. I couldn't believe what was happening in this passage. I couldn't believe what God was doing in this passage. I couldn't believe what God was going to do through one man. One man who had been taken into captivity and one man who was endeavoring to live out his faith in a very hard culture. One man, Ezekiel, trying to live his faith in a culture that did not agree with his faith. And I couldn't believe what God was doing, what God was inviting him to be a part of. In Ezekiel 37, verse 1, it says this. It says, The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. The hand of the Lord was upon me. The hand of the Lord, he said, I could feel the very presence of God. And the hand of the Lord was upon me. He's something there. He knew that it was God. He knew in his own struggles. He knew in whatever's going on in his life. He knew when he felt the hand of God. I don't know about you, but I want to know when I feel the hand of God. Because I do believe that the hand of God settles on us. I do believe Ezekiel was just a man like I am a man. A flesh. But he knew that when the hand of the Lord come upon him. He knew something was going to happen. The hand of the Lord was upon me and he brought me out. 
And he brought me out. He brought me out of some stuff, perhaps. He brought me out of my thinking. He brought me out of my limitation. He brought me out because God was going to do something amazing through Ezekiel. And he was going to show him what he was going to do. But he needed to be, have his hand of the Lord upon him. And he needed to be brought out of where he was. Because where he was is not where God was going to do the work. He needed to place him where God was going to do the work. Sometimes I got my day already planned. And God says, man, my hand is on you. And I want to bring you out. I know you got your day already planned, but can I bring you out of that? Because I got something planned, and I want you to be a part of And I'm inviting you to be a part of it right now. Can I invite you to be a part of what I'm doing right now? I want you to be a part of what I'm doing, God said. Me, you. He wants you to be a part of what he's doing. So he comes and he puts his hand upon you. And he brings you out of some stuff. And out of a location perhaps. And out of something. Because he wants you to be a part of what he's doing. Where he's doing it. God is always working. And we sing that song over and over and over. He's always working. Even when I can't see it, he's working. Even when I can't feel it, he's working. Because he never stops. He never stops working. And I think, and I'm sure that he wants to invite you and I to be a part of what he's doing. But his hand has to be upon us first. And he brings us out so we can follow him. I want to follow Jesus. We say that. I want to follow Jesus. Let the hand of the Lord be upon you. And let him bring you out of the stuff out of your narrow-minded thinking, perhaps, my narrow-minded thinking. And let me set you where I'm going to do this miraculous through you. Do you believe that God wants to do the miraculous through you? Do you really believe that God wants to do the miraculous through you? Well, I don't know. Maybe through Ed or through Tim, but through me? I'm only 16. But I want to do a miracle through you. I want to do the miraculous through you. I want to put my hand upon you. And I want to bring you out because I'm going to do something like you can't even imagine through you. It's going to be me and me and you partnered together. But I'm going to take you to new levels. Because what I'm going to do is involves you. And I'm going to put my hand on you. And I'm going to bring you out of some stuff. Because I'm going to do a miracle through you. It's about kingdom. The kingdom of God is at hand. And God wants us to be involved in the kingdom. The church doesn't have a kingdom. The kingdom has a church. The kingdom is always going. The kingdom is always happening. And we are the church, and God wants to make us and involve us in kingdom work. He wants to take us to new levels, but his hand has to be upon us. His, he has to bring us out of our own limited thinking, our own uh, stagnant life, our own busyness, our own junk, our own whatever. Whatever it is, it doesn't matter. He can bring you out of whatever it is. 
I shared my testimony before, but when the pastor said, what's wrong with you, Ed? I don't know. I just can't do this. And he didn't even ask what the this was. He said, you're right, but let me tell you about someone who can. His name is Jesus. Whatever the bringing you out of, he's mightier than that. Just let his hand settle upon us and let him take us out. And then he sits us exactly where he needs us to be set. Seated, maybe I should say. He wants to put us in, you and me. And I, I found out, and I wrote in my thinking book the other day, that some days I think my high place are other people's valleys. Because my high place is when God puts his hand upon me. And when I takes me out, my high place is walking with God. But then I find myself in a valley. Because there's someone else in the valley. And all of a sudden, my high place has become a valley. It's not my valley. It's their valley. But God has set me in their valley because he wants to do something in their life. And he wants to incorporate me and you into their life, into their situation, so that they can see God through us. Let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. The hand of the Lord is upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of the valley, and it was full of bones. Just so you know, and I've said this many times, when I first read this, I'm saying, God, can you put your hand upon me, and can't you take me out, and can't you set me on the mountaintops? That looks like a lot better place to be set. He said, I could, but there's no bones there. There's no people there that need me. The people that need me are in the valley, and they're dead. And I don't want to just come to make bad people good. I want to come to make dead people live. And he, so he sets us in the middle of the valley. And it was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. This is getting worse, he said, God. This is getting worse. Not only am I in the valley, not only can I see the bones, now they're very dry bones. I see the hopelessness in many situations. I see the hopelessness in families. I see the hopelessness in lostness. I see the hopelessness in our community. I see the hopelessness in our country. Our country is going to hell in the handbasket. And they need people who allow the hand of the Lord to be upon them, to set them in the valleys and to see the dry bones in the valley. Not to point fingers at the dry bones, but to come alongside with the hand of the Lord upon us to do something that God wants us to do. And they were very dry. And he asked me, the Lord asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? I love that question. Son of man, can these bones live? I'm showing you a hopeless situation. Can there any hope come to this situation? That's what he's saying. Can we do anything here? Can you and me, my hand is upon you, and I brought you out, and I filled you with my spirit, and I want to do a miracle through you. And I set you where there's a miracle needs to be happening. 
I've set you in the middle of a valley with bones that are very dry. Ezekiel said, I can see them. I can see the hopelessness. I can see the dry bones. I don't know what to do, God. He's in the middle. He's just being, I think in this moment, he's being overwhelmed. God, can you do anything? Can these bones live? And the passage goes on like this. I said, Sovereign Lord, I said, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. Because if it was left up to me, I don't think I can do a thing here. We're not talking somebody who's hanging on by a thread. We're talking about somebody who's been dead for months and weeks and years. And God, I don't know the right answer here, but my eyes are saying this is never going to happen. My eyes are saying what I see in the flesh, what I see in the flesh is never going to happen, God. It's just never going to happen. There's never going to change. It's never going to change. It's never going to change. It's not going to help. But you alone know, God. He said, you alone, oh, sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones. Say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. (laughs) Woo-hoo! That's God's answer of saying, there's no situation hopeless enough that I can't do something. So let me give you your eye, my eyes just for one second. Because I want you to see the dry bones, but I also want you to see what I'm going to do. What I'm going to do in those dry bones' lives. And it's you and me. It's you and me, Travis and God. Unleashing heaven on earth. Unleashing healing. Unleashing salvation. Unleashing heaven on earth. You get to be a part of that. And I get to be a part of that. But the hand of the Lord has to be upon you. This world is going to try to put its hands all over you. And it's going to try to hug up against you. And it's going to try to say, you and I are going to take this world. You ain't going to take this world when the world has a hold of you. All you're doing is going down. But when the hand of the Lord is upon you, and He brings you out of some stuff, and He fills you with the Spirit of God, and He takes you to a valley, and He allows you to see a hopelessness, and He asks you, Ed, is there anything that we can do here? I don't know, God. It looks pretty bleak. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. And I love it when God uses exclamation points. Yes, Ezekiel, you and I can do something here. There's no situation past me. I wish we could interview maybe Lazarus and see if there was any situation past God. Mr. Lazarus, is there any situation past God? I don't know. All I know is I was dead for four days. I was in a tomb, and all of a sudden I heard my name being called by the biggest burst of love that I've ever felt in my life. And all of a sudden I found myself standing And maybe I was surprised that I was wrapped in burial cloth and I was in a tomb because I sure didn't feel like I needed to be there. 
He's going to put me in a valley. He's going to put you and me in a valley. And he's going to let us see the hopelessness. He don't let me see hopelessness to take the hope out of me. That's what I've got to learn in my life. He doesn't let me see hopelessness so it drains my hope. He lets me see hopelessness so I can see the power of God. So I can see what God wants to do in their life. That I can see that God's going to breathe into them. And I get to be a part of it. Hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you. I will make breath enter you. It's your breath in our lungs. We pour out our praise. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. And I will attach tendons to you and make, make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. And I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am Yahweh then you all know that I am a God who can take a hopeless situation and breathe hope into it. Then you know. Ezekiel, you're going to know. They're going to know as well. Can you imagine Ezekiel after this moment? What do you scare Ezekiel with after this? It just sucks the living fear right out of you. After you've experienced this, I can't imagine he was scared of anything. If God can take a whole field, a dry, whole valley full of dry bones, and breathe life into them, and incorporate Ezekiel into that endeavor, I don't know about you, but I want to be Ezekiel. But his hand has to be upon you. And he's got to bring you out of some stuff. He's got to fill you with the Spirit. He's going to put you in a valley. He's going to let you see hopelessness because you got a word for hopelessness. His name is Jesus. And I love this part because God's not just going to have a bunch of dry bones dancing around there. You know, one thing that always kind of strikes, I see the weird things in the Bible sometimes. You know, the guy who was, who, was, who was full of all the demons, and he come down through the cemetery, and he was screaming at Jesus, and he was just ragged, and, 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 all, and the pigs were there, and the whole story. Remember that whole story? And Jesus says, out of this guy and into those pigs, the pigs run over the cliff, and those who don't like pork are, are heroes of that story. And then the next verse says, and the guy was fully dressed. Where did Jesus get the clothes? Did he take him to like a Salvation Army store? Did Jesus carry a backpack of clothes with him? Where did the dude get the clothes? Jesus said, when I do something, I'm going all the way. I'm going to go all the way. And I'm not only going to make these bones. These bones aren't going to be the one. I'm going to put their lives back together. I'm going to put flesh on them, and I'm going to put uh, uh, skin on them, and I'm going to put tendons back on them. I'm putting them together. Can you just figure that out? A whole valley full of dry bones, and God knows what bone goes to what bone. 
We're not talking ankle bone goes to the, the leg bone, the leg bone goes to the hip bone. We're not talking the song. We're talking what leg bone goes to what dude. So the guy's not walking around like this, you know. Man, I thought when I was alive I had a longer leg. I thought my legs were the same. God is putting them back the way they were. But he's not going to leave them just the way they were. He's going to breathe life into them. If you're waiting for somebody to put your family back together, wait no longer. His name is Jesus. And I'm going to put tendons on them and flesh and come upon you and cover you with skin and I will put breath in you and you will come to life and then you will know that I am the Lord. So here's Ezekiel. So I prophesied as I was commanded. No doubt. God, I don't know what to do in this situation. Just do what I tell you. I'll just do it. I will. I will. I've been taking these walks, and you, some of you know that, and, and I'm listening to God. God, which way do you want me to go? Right or left, up or down, sideways, walk in snow drifts, step on. God had me stepping on all the water shutoff things in the, in the sidewalk. He said, I want you to step on every one of those things. I'm sure the neighbors think I was drunk. Who is the dude that can't put those in a line? They're like, doom, 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 doom. I said, God, this is pretty weird. He said, you ain't seen nothing yet. And you're going to have to trust me. If you can't step on water, shut off covers, something that simple, what? Can't, else can't you do but if you can and you will and I 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 will if you're waiting for God to give you the big moments say yes on the small moments and you'll get there so I did what God told me to do I'd make a good t-shirt. So I just simply did what God told me to do. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise. <laughs> a rattling noise. And the bones came together, bone to bone. I began to see God work. And verse 8 was one of my favorite verses. I looked. I looked. God says, you can look. I want you to know what I'm doing here. Rattle, choo-choo, bang, ting. This was Steve's leg. That was Mary's hip. Can you, we read this like, yeah, that's cool stuff. Can you imagine just a whole valley full of dry bones, and all of a sudden you start hearing a noise? And all of a sudden you look and there's bones going from all over the place. Talk about a Lego set. And, and we, we think that's not amazing. I think that might not be amazing. It's amazing. And look what he says. I looked and... and, 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 and and attendants and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them, but there was no breath. Just so we know this morning, 
God is not in the business of just putting your physical life back together. I'm learning that. He wants to go further. He wants to go deeper with you. So I don't know if you're the Ezekiel in this story that just needs to believe that God can put his hand on you. Or I don't know if you're one of the dry bones in this story. But one thing God does not want to do, hear this again, just fix your life. He'll put things back together. And you'll see him miraculously work in your life. And I do believe there's many miracles just waiting to be asked for. I think there is healing waiting to be asked for. And God is going to pour it out on us. I think there's miracles that are in your hands. I think there are healing that is in your hand. I think there are prophetic words that are in your mouth that you just don't dare speak out. We have more prophetic kids in this body than we do prophetic adults. Because the kids don't care. They're just going to say what God tells them. And it's not tiddlywink stuff. I've had four-year-olds prophesy to me about the authority of God. And it's in you. And it's in me. Because God puts it in there. Because God wants to do a mighty work. Because God wants to put us back together. He wants to put our community back together. He wants to put people back together. He wants families back together. But he just don't want them living in the same house. He wants them back together. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says. It's time to get the breath. Maybe you've got, you got a job for the very first time that you really like and you're doing all right. and You've got a place to live and your car is not breaking down every other stoplight. And you've got some decent clothes and you've got this and you've got that. But you've got no breath. God wants to put the breath in you. Just so you know, if God decides to leave our universe, all men cease to be at once. God is working in your life, whether you recognize him or not. You can be an atheist, but God's not, and not believe in God, but God believes in you. And he's working in your life, even if you do not know it. Because there's someone maybe breathing into your life. Because your grandmother is on her knees. Because your grandfather is on their knees. Because somebody's crying out to God. God, help them. Touch them. Bring something into their life. Speak into their lives. Speak into their hearts. Grandmothers, grandfathers, never give up. Never give up. Never give up. Because God has put that on you. And you're breathing life into the dry bones. Life into the valley. And it's going to happen. He said, tell them about the breath, Ezekiel. Tell them about the breath. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe into these slain that they may live. Can I just encourage you today? God just doesn't want you to survive. He wants you to live. It's one, one of my biggest wrestles over the last six or seven months in my life. Is God, I know you want me to live. And I feel like I'm anchored to the ground. 
And he always replies to me, I do want you to live. God wants you to live. He doesn't want you just getting through with the day. There were days in my day that I was hoping that 9 o'clock would come just so I could go to bed. I don't want to just survive the day. I want to live. And I want the breath of God breathed into you that you will live. Because he wants to breathe it into you. Not just put your family back together, but breathe life into your family. Breathe life into you. Again, I don't know if you're the Ezekiel in this passage or if you're the dry bones in this passage. And maybe you're a dry bone and you'll be Ezekiel. Hopefully you're not Ezekiel, then you're going to be a dry bone. Walk it out. Watch what he wants to do in your life. We get all cranky and think God wants to screw up our lives. Just so you know, your life is screwed up already. And God says, all I want to do is unscrew your life and make sense of your life. Because I made you. I knitted you together in your mother's womb. As she was getting bigger and bigger and bigger, it was my hands around her waist and my hands that was knitting you together. I know exactly who you are. And I want to breathe life into you. Remember that the next time that God sends us into the valley, that God knitted that person together as well. He knitted them together as well. You're looking at someone who is dry, who their bones are dry, who is a mess in their life, but you're looking at someone that God knitted together. And maybe you're seeing them because God says, you're ready to do something because I want to invite you to do something in their life. Will you and I partner together? Then he said to me, verse 9 again, prophesy to the, the, the breath. Prophesy, son of man. Say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe into these slain that they may live. Verse 10, so I prophesied as I was commanded. <laughs> Just to be honest, I, I've got to be saying, at times in my life I'm saying, Okay, God, here we go. I don't even dare look. Because that sounds a lot bigger than what I would ever pray. That sounds a lot more than... God, if I just can ask if breath would come into them just maybe halfway, I don't want to be too greedy here. And he's telling Ezekiel, I think he's saying be greedy. Tell him tell them that the breath is going to enter them and I'm going to do a miraculous work in their life. So I prophesied as I was commanded and breath entered them. They came to life and stood up on their feet a vast army. <laughs> Just so you know, Ezekiel needed God's hand upon him. Need to be brought out. Need to be filled with the Spirit. And needed to say yes to God. And the whole valley was changed. Will you let the hand of God settle on us today?
Will you let him take you out of some stuff? Start praying bigger if God tells you to pray bigger. Because I know there's a whole community of people. As I walk around Roaring Spring, I see many people. And people are starting to call me by name now. And that crazy guy stepping on all the, they call me that once in a while. People I walk by their house every day and I didn't know that their husband died two years ago Christmas. And I'm just saying, God, you know what? I got enough problems of my own. He said, I know exactly what your problems are. And I'm not showing you hopelessness to drag more hope out of you. I'm showing you hopelessness because I want you to partner with me and breathe hope into this world. So that people can stand up. A vast army. Verse 11 simply says this. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Just so we know, he's talking about his people. Just so we know, he's talking about the church of today. Breathe into these slain. Church, stand up. The hand of the Lord is upon me. Luke 4. In Luke 4, Jesus is saying this. The scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And when Jesus left this earth, he took that, that reality and he handed it to you and me. we are going to want to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Freedom for the prisoner. Sight for the blind. That's good stuff. How about a new life? Are you ready for the hand of the Lord to be upon you? So you know I'm waiting for God because I don't have a close. He didn't give it to me this week. This is credited or at default of Tobin. But is it all right if the Lord puts his hand upon you? Just start with that today. Can he put your hand upon you?
Lord, put your hand upon us. If you want the hand, some of you got your hands up. Stand up or put your hand up. Just expect, please do not, not expect God to put his hand upon you. Do you want God's hand upon you today? God, I would be no less expectant that you will put your hand on everyone who wants you to put their hand on them. I don't think there's a thing we have to wait for. Something we've got to get right. Some more that we have to do. Some question we have to answer. or Some more years of walking with God. I just simply think it's those who want their hand of the Lord upon them. And Father, I think you would be honored to put your hand upon us because we're your kids. If my daughters or granddaughters would come near me, I would put my hand on them. I wouldn't care if they were muddy or if they had the best clothes on the deal. You don't care either, God.
I say to the breath, come, O breath of God. Come from the mighty wind. Breathe into this church. Breathe into this church. Stand us up, God. Put us together. Put your spirit in us. Put your breath in us. Stand us up, a vast army, so we can go into the valleys where you lead us, so your hand is upon us, so we can watch the miraculous done through us by you. Father, thank you for that today. Breathe, O oh breath of God. Breathe into these new lifers. May our day not be the same ever again because of what you've done in this day in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great day.